pushes this through the covers. I'll get two here. And they'll win the series 3-0. The summer of domination from Australia continues. And the West Indies haven't fired a shot. Australia win by eight wickets. What a performance by the home side. Oh, what a performance by the West Indies. For all the wrong reasons up there in the nation's uh, capital, that was just a day not a day-nighter. Uh, she was over in no time at all. The T20 series, uh, three-match series between the two nations begins tonight, as I say, as it gets underway down there at Blundstone Arena in Hobart. Bryce McGain's kindly joined us uh, to assess where we're at in this summer of cricket. Bryce, good morning to you. Appreciate your time as always. G'day, Sam. Always good to catch up. Now, I love the game. Don't get me wrong. Is it just me or does it feel like this summer of cricket has gone on forever? I, I mean, I suppose October, when you have an ODI World Cup in October, it's, it's going to be hard. But, geez, she's gone on a bit. Yeah, it has. And it's, it's been a big year, hasn't it, for Australian cricket? Um, obviously, you know, we're, we're following all the way through the World Cup and then it rolled pretty quickly into the summer. Is it any wonder our boys looked a bit weary uh, in that last test match where the West Indies... Uh, knocked them off at the SCG. So, look, uh, there's a bit of rest and rejuvenation. It gives us an opportunity to look at the next generation of players through the one-day series. Um, things are looking pretty positive. Uh, we're, we're seeing some highlighting players through there, not in the least Sean Abbott, but, of course, at the top of the order, Jake Fraser-McGurk, uh, pretty exciting talent. Yeah. So just on this, the test um, component of the of the summer uh, season of cricket, I, was it better than we originally assumed? I mean, there was all sorts of fear-mongering going in, but, geez, Pakistan were competitive and there was a bit of coulda, shoulda, woulda with them in, in the field. And then for the West Indies to do what they did. Now, whether we were, uh, as you say, fatigued or complacent or, or both, was it was it a little bit better than what we initially feared? Oh, no doubt. Um, that's a huge like for me over the summer is the fact that test cricket is alive. Um, we, we we were a bit doom and gloom, weren't we? Oh, we've got the West Indies and then we'll just roll over West Indies. And uh, Sorry, we've got Pakistan earlier and then roll over the West Indies. But look, it, it just showed that um, the other nations, when they have dedicated players who are really keen to play the game, um, Test cricket still is at the absolute pinnacle. Um, exciting series against Pakistan. We we unearthed a, a player from Pakistan that we didn't know much about, Amir Jamal, mm. uh, the all-rounder. Um, uh, his batting was dynamic and uh, of course you know he's, he had an incredible background story and another one out of the Australian West Indies series of course Shamir Joseph a real favourite so these are names that we'll be following in Test cricket this is where legends are made in Test cricket T20 will give you the, the appetite it'll be the entree it'll get your kids involved and have a real interest in cricket but the real main course and the, the real heroes and legends get made in Test cricket and you know we've unearthed a couple and that was against Australia it went to show that also um, Pat Cummins is an absolute star of the game. Um, he was phenomenal for the whole summer. Mm. When everyone else was fatigued and done, he was the man that he turned to himself and he led from the front and uh, he was amazing. Just love the Shamar Joseph story from remote Guyana to what he did, uh, almost the story of the summer for me. Now, am I right in saying that the Windies, are just looking ahead to tonight down in Hobart, um, if you don't mind, Bryce, have a stronger T20 squad than they do ODI squad. Now, Jason Holder and Andre Russell return, a couple of stars in that lineup. They should be stronger in this format, should they not? Oh, no question. Um, you know, it, it'll be a challenge. Uh, I guess how they come together, that their cohesion um, is going to be uh, challenged, I suppose, and, and tested because, you know, they are coming together from all different places, very different to the one-day team. And uh, the one-day group was incredibly different um, from what they had in the Test Series. Now, what we saw with the Test Series is they were completely cohesive. 
they were all dedicated to the cause and they got the result they, they were obviously after and striving for and performing at a high level for longer. And as it turned out, it was enough to knock over the, the number one test-playing nation in the world, uh, Australia. But, uh, yeah, their T20 squad comes over with some dynamic names. How they come together and perform is, uh, you know, the secret sauce that they'll need to uh, mm. throw together pretty quickly. Jake Fraser-McGurk not in the squad. Of course, David Warner returns. Just, I'm going to give you two extremes with Jake, if you don't mind, uh, Bryce. Flash in the pan on one hand or generational talent? Well, Where does your needle move towards? <laughs> well, having the same conversation, not, not necessarily you and I, Sam, but uh, we're a fair bit younger. But when Dave Warner turned up on the scene and played that uh, T20 innings for Australia and, and peeled it off and whacked the ball everywhere and, can he make it to test cricket? And, you know, the old pundits, the old crusties were going, no way, he can't do that. He just slogs them. That, what's that going to work? But a pretty astute eyes cast their eye over this, this uh, particular talent. And uh, number one, Ricky Ponting said, I think, you know, these types of players benefit from playing at the highest, highest level and learning fast. And I, I don't disagree. You know, there aren't too many better cricket um minds going around in Australian cricket. Um, it's not old and dusty. It's uh, fresh and new, and uh, Ricky Ponting knows his stuff. So I think it's a, a pretty exciting uh, future for Frake, Jake Fraser-McGurk. Frake. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is a bit, yeah. But, uh, look, I think it's exciting. Uh, the opportunity was given way before his time, let's be honest, in one-day cricket. But we, we've seen how, how powerful and how dynamic he can be, given it, you know, the game was a bit of a fizzer. But... Uh, we're seeing those things and it's caught the eye of Ricky Ponting. So I, I think that's a good judge to support the fact that, you know, he's got a pretty long future, not necessarily a, f- a flash in the pan. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be fascinating to watch and he, he'll bring people through the gates, no doubt about it. Love the innings uh, in Canberra. It was great. When it would have been easy just to pad the ball around, you know, and make, you know, 40 or 40 or, or 40 or 50. But he, he goes for the jugular each and every time. Yeah, he went out and entertained. And that's what the crowd needed because there was real disappointment even in the commentary box. Uh, we, we were a bit flat about, oh, gee, you know, that's that's finished up pretty early. We were looking for a good contest. But uh, he entertained the crowd and, uh, you know, he got the, the, the tongues wagging and he, he needed to show what he is capable of. And I, I think that was really important that he went out there and played the way that he plays. Uh, he's been able to do that at Shield level. Uh, for the move to South Australia, and uh, he, he's peeled off one of the fastest ever Shield hundreds, and uh, he's also been able to do that uh, in the domestic uh, One Day Cup as well. So, you know, it, it's all it's all ahead of him now. It's uh, it, it's very exciting. We're catching up with Bryce McGain, all things cricket, of course. Uh, Bryce, uh, some breaking news: uh, the Test squad for the New Zealand, uh, the pair of Tests over there, has been announced. So Michael Nisa has uh, has beat out the. The younger fast bowlers, if you like it, he and uh, Boland are the reserves. Uh, Matty Renshaw, the backup batsman. We are just talking earlier around why it's only the pair of tests. I mean, I'm assuming it's a funding issue, as it always is. We're only playing the two tests over there in New Zealand. Yeah, tight squeeze again, uh, just with, with their scheduling on, on this occasion and, and what happens next. Um, so it's it just what they need to do for the test uh, championship. So that's why they have mm. gone to two. I think they're... There can be a request and a push through to, you know, particularly for Australia and New Zealand. I think there's a real, yeah. um, uh, you know, that's, it, it's it's harping back to a bit of retro cricket when uh, New Zealand were at their absolute best. But uh, and I think we need to play more of of that that type of series to, you know, we need to keep supporting. We have a responsibility, Australian cricket have a responsibility to go and play these Test matches, and certainly three makes a lot more sense than two. Um, you, you're left with. Uh, 
you know, wondering how the series would pan out. But it, it all feeds into that test championship. So, hence, that's why the schedule is just for two tests. Now, just coming back to the bowlers, uh, Lance Morris. I mean, I've been probably one of many, just been itching to see this guy uh, represent his country. Finally got the opportunity to do so, and he picks up a, a side strain. So, the test chances, obviously, as we just went through the squad, gone for the New Zealand series. And, and I'm not sure, likely out for the rest of the season, these things can be can be problematic, can't they? Oh, it's a huge blow. Uh you know, and you could see the devastation. These types of injuries, it can be anywhere between six to 12 weeks out because they do take some real repair, but they're under incredible strain for these fast bowlers. And it goes to show that the real express guys are pushing their body to the absolute limit. You know, we look at Brett Lee and his longevity and how he was able to hold himself together. He had injuries along the way, but... It's pretty incredible. The, the guys, the real express ones, are, every sinew, every fibre of every muscle is at its absolute breaking point, every delivery. And uh, and, and that's where, um, you know, the young quick is, is, is broken down. We've seen that with Jai Richardson as well, another WA uh, firebrand. And uh, it, it does push them to the absolute limit. And for the express guys, it's once they get their body set and, and strong and powerful... Um, and, and can handle the rigours of, of what's involved, um, you know, we see the best out of them. Mm. Look, we, we've had a little glimpse. We've had a little taste for Australia. I'm glad that he's made his debut. He'll be hungry for more, um, and that'll inspire him through his recovery. But we won't see him in Shield cricket. Unfortunately, he's, the rest of his summer is, is pretty much packed up, and he's in the rehab mode, which is, which is bitterly disappointing. Hey, just quickly on the Shield uh, side of things, a uh, question here from Johnny Mack off the text. Why on earth is Cam Green playing in pointless one-day games when he could be playing Shield cricket prior to going to New Zealand? Seems like selection idiocy to me, says Johnny off the text. Have you got any uh, way of enlightening us on that one, Bryce? Yeah, look, I think um, representing Australia will always have priority um, for the players and uh, and for the selectors as well. Um, and they've been pretty upfront about that. Mm. So from a selection point of view, the Australian cricket team and what they need to do to continue to grow, we're seeing the next generation. And Cam Green's absolutely part of that for that one-day uh, World Cup that'll be far on the horizon, maybe beyond the horizon in cricket speak. It's a, a long way out. But that's what they're looking at now, how that team shapes up. So, um, you know, they're, they're giving opportunity to players in different roles for what it might look like in uh, three or four years. Uh, I better talk about the women because I'll tell you what, the South African women have breathed new life into this multi-format series, haven't they? I mean, I know they beat them in a T20 going back, but to roll the Aussies in an ODI and do it emphatically, I might add, back on, uh, back on Wednesday was, was eyebrow-raising. Indeed it is, and it, it goes to show, and this is the exciting part that I thought with the, the Men's World Cup uh, late last year, is the gap between the very best. Australia are absolutely the very best in women's cricket, have been for a very long time. Um, probably one of the best sporting teams in Australia's history, um, this current uh, uh, era of, of women's cricketers. Um, they're absolutely dominant, but the, the rest are getting much, much closer. They're developing... The more that they play against the best, the more they learn and the better they get. Um, it, it's really encouraging for world cricket that the the other nations keep getting better. Now, South Africa's no Mickey Mouse nation. There's no doubt about it. But they're, they're getting their, their, their game together in the women's format and they are really challenging. We've seen a number of the players out here in the WBBL, which is exciting. Um, Marianne Cap um, uh, is, is one of their, their leaders, their captain. Um, she's been playing out here and a number of their players have been. So we've had a taste of them. They're bringing that together. They're, they're probably learning from those experience in the WBBL. 
and uh, and and probably finding out that playing against Australia is not as daunting as, as what it can be. And I think other nations around the world in the men's game as well are finding that. It's not quite as daunting as the... There's more of a mix of the players and they get to know each other. Um, I, I think uh, it is encouraging for world cricket and great to see South Africa doing so well against the Australians. We're with Bryce McGain. And Bryce, just while we're looking outside the, the men's national team, our under-19 boys, they rolled Pakistan in the semi-final in the World Cup over in South Africa. They've got a final coming up. I think it's Sunday night, our time, maybe 7 o'clock against India. Are there any names? Like, I'm interested because in the cricketing world, it's not a a lay-down Mazaire that you're in the under-19 national side and you can actually get yourself on the cusp of uh, of the men's team. Very different, obviously, to the AFL setup. But any names that are really leaping off the page in that squad that you know of? Yeah, they, there are. Look, that's it's been a little bit under the radar. It pops up every now and again as Australia play a game. But the tournament has been as good as it's ever been. It was going to be hosted in Sri Lanka. They quickly changed it. Um, to South Africa, they've been late comers to the hosting side of things. Just about three months ago, they'd made that decision. The ICC, they've been terrific, and it's been an incredible series. Mm. Really, really hotly contested. Again, it's showing the great skill of the next generation of players for every nation. England were there and thereabouts, but Australia, of course, getting through. Pakistan were really challenging. One wicket win in the semi. India are there, so it's a replay. Of the, uh, the the men's World Cup, I suppose India Australia um, that we had last time. It's 2010 since Australia at the under 19 level have had some success internationally. So um, it's been a little while. Um, but a few of those names that you're talking about, from a I guess a, a Victorian perspective, one of those is Harry Dixon. He plays at St Kilda. Yeah. Um, he got 50 in that uh, opening the batting. He's pretty dynamic. It's maybe a familiar name. Another one. Is uh, a son of a gun, Oliver Peak, Ollie Peak, um, son of Clinton Peak, who um, many of the listeners might know, um, played some state cricket for Victoria and really good dynamic left hand bat. His son is exactly the same. He got 49 in that semi final. He was a late inclusion, so he's come over. There's no headshots of him anywhere and all that sort of stuff. He's nearly <laughs> like uh, Mr. X in the wrestling he's a know, ghost. The mask on and all that. He is the ghosted player. But uh, he's a real dynamic player. And there's also a bowler that's been doing really well, um, Tom Straker. He's from New South Wales. He's from Sutherland. And again, New South Wales have a strong representation in in the group. Um, They're led by a guy from Queensland, uh, Hugh Weedberg. Sorry, Weebgen. Um, and uh, look, he's doing a terrific job and, and speaks so well, great leadership there. So there's a few names that will be definitely popping up through um, Australian cricket. But from a uh, Victorian perspective, Dixon and Peak, um, they'll be in those squads and uh, those emerging squads and be pushing their way into the state group, which is which is really exciting. Victorian cricket is at a real, uh, nearly an all-time high with such a young group coming through and um, some terrific coaching. I think, uh, you know, they're right up the pointy end of the shield. They're at the pointy end of the Marsh Cup. Yeah. You know, they, they could really clean up. Um, and the way that they're, they've been coached at the moment, Chris Rogers um, heading up that coaching group with Ben Rohrer and Adam Griffiths, um, they're doing an amazing job with a really young group. So from the 19 World Cup into Victorian cricket, um, things are pretty exciting. Yeah, second on the shield table, of course, and into that uh, Marsh Cup final after beating uh, South Australia. The Vicks uh, going very well. Hey, I need to let you go. Before I do, though, Bryce, obviously just come back to that T20 game tonight. Mitch Marsh is going to captain the side with COVID. That can't be an easy assignment. That's uh, almost via correspondence, <laughs> is it? Or <laughs> Yeah, he's going to have his own chair somewhere away <laughs> from the group in the huddle. And Anyway, the sign language will work and... Uh, 
Yeah, look, it'd be funny when they're, when they're batting. Maybe um, Mitchell get out there and just peel them off at the start and lead from the front. But, uh, yeah, field himself on the boundary so he can't interact. It, look, it's going to be a little bit odd. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, we think back to a couple of years ago how hypersensitive we were with COVID. I, I think we're a bit more relaxed now. And uh, he'll be able to handle things... Uh, pretty successfully, I would have thought. Yeah, I like how they do it in cricket, to be honest. I think it's common sense, and I think it's it's working well, as you say. Bryce, really generous with your time, mate. Really appreciate you donating it, and we've uh, we've kept you for a while, so we really appreciate it, mate. Have a good day. Always love catching up with you, Sam. Have a ripper day, everyone.